Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this week it's not Ivy. This week I actually have... Pat O'Sullivan. <laughs> How you doing, Pat? Good. How are you doing? Uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm okay. So, right. so <laughs> Ivy's this- had a lot of uh, things going on in her life. Um, hopefully she will be back next week. Um, you know, but for now we've, uh, we've got Pat here and, uh, I promise he's got a purpose and we'll get into that eventually. Um, but I wanted to tell you guys about my, uh, past weekend that I had. So I went rando nodding. Pat, have you heard of this, uh, Randonautica app that everybody's crazy about? You know what I have, because we were trying, we tried to record this show last night and it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) Which we might as well reference right up front. It it happens. It happens to some of my favorite podcasts. So there's no point pretending like it didn't happen. Yes. uh, uh, Before last night, no, I had not heard of it. And um, but I was so blown away by the premise of this that I had to check it out today. So I'm a little bit more familiar than I am last night. But let's kind of turn back the clock and pretend that you're explaining this to me for the first time as you did (laughs) as you did last night. I'm going to explain it to the listeners. They might not okay. know what it is. So. Fair enough. <laughs> so Randonautica is an app. And actually, you might be able to explain it more than I can at this point. Um, Randonautica is an app that you download that will give you random GPS coordinates. And what it basically does with these GPS coordinates is that it gives you coordinates to like high anomalous, high strangeness kind of places. Um, it's kind of more of a spiritual experience than anything. Um, but either way you go to this location that it gives you and it's supposed to like induce synchronicities. And, um, a lot of people have found some, you know, cool stuff. I've seen a lot of like abandoned buildings and, um, shopping malls and just all kinds of things. And then there was those two kids that found the, um, you know, they found that body in the suitcase or whatever. So that was cool. Um, but you said you were reading, you were reading about it. Did you learn anything new other than what I just said? Randonautica. So when you first uh, explained this to me yesterday, it sounded totally janky and I I didn't believe that it was an actual thing. And when I Googled it, um, immediately what came up was a New York Times article from July 31st. So just a few weeks ago. So this this is very much a real thing. I did download it on my phone um, today today at work so I could kind of screw around with it a little bit. And yeah, I I think that it it really um the kind of metaphysical aspects of it the it, the inducing synchronicities is really built into the product description like that's what it's really trying to do um what what it when you use it it obviously it uses your gps location so in a lot of ways just kind of imagine like a pokemon go type app but instead of using augmented reality to find little pokemon um, you're using random GPS, randomly generated GPS coordinates to find, um, I don't know, like uh, things, just things that are things that are already there yeah. that kind of link up to whatever your intention is, and that that's kind of how this works: is that you're supposed to have an intention, uh, uh, an idea of something in your mind, okay. and then you hit, you know, you activate the app, and then it'll point your mapping program on your phone to a specific location in your general area. And then you're supposed to travel to that location and find something in real life that exists there that uh, coincides with whatever your intention was when you started the app up in the first place. So I did it at work. Yeah, that's... Go on. Oh, go ahead. I said, I did it at work today. uh, And like, it, 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 I was like, okay. And I thought, and then I, I hit like a, you know, the thing. And then it like pointed me into this location, like three blocks away. 
that I had no intention of leaving my office and actually going to because right. it's hot outside. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, okay, well, at least I, I see the functionality of it. I understand how it works. What would have been there had I gone there? I don't know. Um, but I mean, you actually had, you actually yeah, field tested that. Well, that's weekend, kind of, so what was that like? So, I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, at first there's definitely a learning curve. Um, because initially, well, like you said, it, like the location's extremely close and it's like, well, we wanted to like go on an adventure, you know, we wanted to go far away from home and find something new. And so, um, you know, we had to learn that you can actually set your radius <laughs> and it okay. still doesn't take you very far. It's still like, less than 20 miles away, you know? Um, but you know, when we went out, you know, we didn't, um, it, we kind of took turns like setting the intention once we figured it out. Cause initially we're like, well, cause we live in, we're in Dayton, Ohio, specifically Kettering. It's a suburb. So it's taking us to just like people's houses or random parking lots. It's nowhere fun. Like you're not going to find anything fun, <laughs> uh, in the right. middle of, uh, you know, Kettering Dayton maybe, but Kettering no. And, uh, so we decided to go and get lost. Like we, we take, we have this like regular road trip that we take and we just, uh, went out there and just took random turns and got lost in the country somewhere. And that took us about two hours to do. <laughs> and, uh, so once we started using the app from there, knowing kind of more how it worked, um, we kind of took turns setting the intention and things like that. Now I can't say that, um, anything was, you know, anything really significant happened. Um, there was definitely a theme that we noticed and the theme was, um, black and white. Um, we kept noticing okay. things that were both, you know, black and white <laughs> and <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was very interesting. And then eventually by the end of the trip, those black and white things started to like mix together. Like it started off with, um, with like farm animals. So like we saw all black cows in a herd, then we would see all white cows in the herd. And then by the end of the trip, we were seeing black and white cows together, which is not typically common in Ohio. Usually we have all brown cows. So we have Jersey cows. So, <laughs> um, but that's crazy. <laughs> exciting life in Ohio. We have cows. Cows. I know. I had no idea that you were that close to steer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, you know, it just, but it just kind of, you know, took it, took its turn there. I mean, Nothing was inherently like creepy or scary, you know. We ended up like I was telling you yesterday. We ended up at that at that grocery store gas station, which was really weird because it was just a little gas station with the, with the butcher shop in it. Yeah, with the, well, with I mean, a, that's a connection right there. Is you're spending all this time with fucking cows and I'm sorry, steer, <laughs> and then you go to uh, you go to a butcher shop. I mean, how did you not make that connection? Like, what was that? <laughs> Well, that's true. We saw some really cool, like, old buildings and just old-timey stuff. I mean, shit like that's in those little small towns, you know. They're they're right. shitty towns, but they're beautiful. I mean, you know, but but it was a lot of fun. It was just things that, you know, um, things we never really would have came across had we not went out and done this. I'm definitely looking forward to doing it more. Um, right. I, I want to take what I learned and take it. I want to go down to West Virginia and use it down there. Um, and then, you know, I've got some other spots planned that I need to go to. And, you know, that's, this has now become like a part of my personal investigation, I, I feel like. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's, it's probably not a genuine uh, paranormal tracking device by any means. But, you know, depending on, it, it's an interesting way to spend some time and get out of the house, I guess, number one. Yeah. And number two, if you just look at like, you know, the connections between the places that you hit. I mean, just look at what happened with us right here. You thought the connections were more color coded. Like you saw a lot of black mm -hmm. stuff and then a lot of white stuff and then a lot of gray stuff or whatever. And I, I 
from what little you told me, the connection that I made was the life cycle between a, uh, you know, steer and a butcher shop. Yeah. Right. So it, it kind of like it, whatever you get from it is like kind of whatever you draw from it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of, I, you know, I, like I said, it's not a paranormal tracking device, but it could be an interesting way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's a very personal experience. Um, just like, and I know the listeners hear this a lot from us. It's, it's very subjective and personal. <laughs> um, but it is, and it's not necessarily that it's going to take you to like weird, creepy places. It doesn't, necessarily just have a list of like creepy places did did you read any more into like how it calculates where it's taking you or because i haven't yet no and they're i mean really i mean let's be honest there's no it's random because there's no way that it can clearly read your intention you're not inputting any data you're pressing a button and it spits out gps coordinates that your cell phone has no real way of inter facing with your subconscious not even your subconscious your right. what you're thinking what your intention is right. so right. that 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 whole dynamic is like th- there's no way to prove that there's no way that's actually happening so basically all it is is a random gps generator that's all it can be and the fact that like it, it pops up on things i mean whether or not it's random or not so random that's fine but there's no way that they're gonna that they can like scientifically explain how this cell phone is reading your thoughts and then pointing you to a a gps location that coincides with that well right so what it's saying so like you know when you turn it on you you get the three choices between anomaly attractor and void what it's saying is that those things well anomaly is like a mix of the two attractor and void has something to do i've seen the map it's got something to do with some dots i don't know (laughs) i don't know it's got like some it has a type of science to it to not so much to where like you're saying it's reading your mind or anything like that but these are supposed to be like high anomalous places because of the science behind it um i don't know how true that is because i mean it could i don't either yeah i haven't read about it i don't know i think it's just it's a it's it just sends you to go do stuff. And if a thousand people use it and, and no one finds anything of note, but the thousand and one person thinks about dolphins and then they go to a place and there's a mural with a dolphin on it, then boom, it works. Well, that's, that's the what, thing is that all, that's all you need is the one in the, the needle in the haystacks, yeah. the outliers and that's, the outliers yeah. prove the point. You know what I mean? Well, that's what the, uh, the kids that found the dead body in the suitcase, um, their, their intent was, uh, you know, they're thinking of travel. <laughs> <laughs> for real that's, that's not a bad joke that's what they were thinking about that's what they say anyway i don't know but you know right <laughs> but that's what they uh, that was their thought process and then they find a fucking body in the suitcase yeah we didn't find a body or anything like that um we found a balloon and <laughs> and what was in the balloon the balloon it was just it was like a cellophane happy birthday balloon so the reason why that's that's significant um is because you know which i know i've kind of talked about it before on this couple of the listeners are going to know what it is but on hellier um the show which is basically kind of doing the same thing that i'm doing uh documentary wise and investigation wise they're just kind of doing more of the like religious end of it it's really weird anyway um they were given these gps coordinates by somebody and they went to the gps coordinates and they found a balloon and then they continue to find these balloons in significant situations. So, um, you know, it's been kind of funny because I've been kind of arguing with somebody 
that wants to desperately work on the documentary and I don't want him to um, because he thinks Drama. that I should be following what the hell your crew and what they're doing and uh, try to jump in with them instead of doing my own investigation. And so then I find the balloon and it's, it's weird, but it was just a, it was just a happy birthday balloon. It was, it wasn't deflated. It was still like deflated, but it wasn't floating anymore. It was just laying in the middle of this field. And uh, so we take it and the person I went with jazz, she, um, she took it home and she actually sent me a picture of it at her home and it's floating. <laughs> So <laughs> that's kind of weird. <laughs> wow. But I don't know the science of helium either, so I don't know. Well, I mean, depending on if the, there was a temperature change, uh, the volume could have changed. But yeah. usually, I assumed it would be cooler in her home than right. it was outside. So if anything, it should deflate inside, but I don't know. Oh, I'm don't not, say that. That makes it even I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretending like I know sciences, and I really don't. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't. Uh, I don't study helium. I'm not a heliumologist, so um, no, I not don't, yet. Uh, <laughs> don't not know. Yet. I got but, my whole fucking life ahead of me, so we'll see. <laughs> now maybe you'll get into studying uh, helium and balloons, but sure. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that was really the only like creepy thing that happened. <laughs> when we record this podcast for the third time, I'll have that information ready for you. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> right? So then I'll really be prepared. <laughs> like, damn it, now i got to look up helium. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it was, um, you know, it was it was still, it was was still, a lot of fun. Like I said, it, I, I'm definitely going to do it again. Um, right. Well, hey, man, anything that gets people out of the house. I mean, here's the thing. You're more likely to come across cool shit if you leave the house than if you stay inside and look at the same four walls all day. Uh, right. You know what exactly. I mean? So, boom. If it gets you out and it gives you a little bit of intent and it points you in a direction that's maybe the right direction, I mean, who knows? You're more likely to find something than if you never left the house in the first place. So. Well, I'd say check it out. You know, I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to try it around me because there's lots of forest preserves. When the weather, you know, it's it's like 90 here in Chicago all this week. So like, I'm not trying to go anywhere. I don't have to. Um, yeah, but it, you know, when when the weather cools a little bit this fall and with the dog and stuff, like you know, it's a reason to go exploring the forest preserves around here. And yeah. who knows, you know? I think I think you'll really enjoy it. I think you'll like it. It's um, like I said, you know, at at at, at the very least, it takes you to new places that you wouldn't don't you know normally see it get you out of the house it's something to do um sure. you know whether or not you you find a dead body i mean that just depends <laughs> i guess so <laughs> but yeah. anyway did you want to um, find a dead body like I that's mean, that's the thing like i don't i don't like i can not come across a dead body and probably be okay you know <laughs> it's not like you get money from it like unless you're gonna go through his pockets like what's the, what's the value <laughs> in that and finding I, think a the, I think the one that gets found was like really gross i don't know i think it like washed up ashore so it was already like waterlogged and bloated and they didn't see it it was like wrapped up in a bag they just opened the suitcase and they said it smelled awful and they called the police and the police came out and they're like oh yeah that's a dead body <laughs> have you ever seen a dead body before um i have never like found one but i mean i've been to funerals and stuff like that i took um i took two years of anatomy and physiology so <laughs> I used to be a repo man, and one night me and my partner were driving around, and it was probably like four in the morning on a Wednesday or something, you know, uh -huh. and this car cuts across traffic in front of us. It doesn't come anywhere near to hit us, but like, you know, it's it's in the oncoming lane, and it, it veers off, goes across uh, our lane of traffic, and smashes into the corner of a Walgreens. So we... um we kind of just like pull over and we get out and there's maybe like one or two other cars on the road. Not very many though. And we, um, walk up to the, the accident 
and the guy's laying, like kind of laying there, uh, head back, big gash on it, but there's no blood. And, um, you know, his car is totaled and there's steam coming out of it, whatever. And my partner gets on his cell phone and calls 911. And I'm looking at this guy and, uh, someone walks up another passerby that stopped, kind of walked up and, uh, they're like, is he okay? And I'm like, going like, sir, are you all right? And the dude's just laying there. And I'm like, uh, you know, he's got a pretty bad cut on his head, but he's not bleeding, yeah. you know? And the guy goes, oh, well, then he's probably dead. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, if his heart was pumping, that would be spraying blood all over the place. Well, that's not And the fact that it's not, yeah. you know, means that his heart's probably stopped. And that's why there's so little blood. And I was like, oh, shit. And, uh... And then we just kind of sat there and had a cigarette waiting for the cops to show up and then left. Did it fuck so. with you at all? No, of course not. I'm completely desensitized to that kind of thing. <laughs> it, was, it did not bother me at all. It was more like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> and I think, and the craziest part was, oh, mutual friend, Mike Vanderbilt, uh, I was in a band with him at the time. And I think I told that story like on, on stage the next show that we played. Okay. And... I remember somebody in the audience uh, got very upset and sick, and they were a um, they were a veteran. And when oh. I had told that story, I think it reminded them of something, yeah, from their past, and it, it made them very upset. But I think at the time, I was just kind of like, "Well, that's not your fault." You know, I mean, <laughs> oh no, I please that didn't bother me either. <laughs> if the dead body didn't kill me, <laughs> making just freaking the dude out talking about the dead body. That's really i was a uh, younger i was like 10 or 11 and uh we saw we were driving around my mom had just gotten a convertible so it was cool to just drive around in the convertible sure we especially were, in ohio yeah right <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you leave my fellow ohioans i'm there. sure it was the fucking it was the talk <laughs> of dayton that weekend and uh, see this is uh, i did not live in dayton at the time i lived in springfield you want to talk about some shitty shit that's <laughs> springfield ohio <laughs> Anyway, um, so we were driving around and this guy was on a motorcycle in front of us and he tried to switch lanes and uh, to the other car that was kind of in front of us slash beside us and uh, the car hit him. And he was, uh, I think, pretty much instantly dead. He like fell off the motorcycle and his 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 head was turned the wrong way and, <laughs> and, and it was bad. So, I mean, we had like front row tickets to that. Um, but, you know, other see, I that, think that would probably be a little bit more traumatic, a motorcycle accident, because then you see them get all bent out of shape and twisty and shit. It wasn't my, my, that bad. I mean, like I said, his head yeah. was not right. But other than that, um, you know, his neck was very obviously broken. It wasn't bloody. It wasn't like gory or anything like that. It was just he just looked strange. And, uh, you know, so it, it wasn't that bad. And then, um, but I think that, you know, at some point in my childhood, I must have <laughs> tried to repress it because I don't really remember all of it. You would you would think I would. So I, I know I've had to ask my mom details. It wasn't like I was that young, uh, but I've had to ask her details about it. And then, you know, I've kind of remembered since then. But like I said, other than that, I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it was that bad. And then uh, we think we found uh, uh, somebody trying to bury a dead body um out in the middle of fucking nowhere where me and my friends go and uh we had to call the cops and it was weird we saw a tarp like laying on the ground and something was under it but like shoes were sticking out <laughs> so <laughs> we go down this road there's like a haunted road down here it's called fudge road and um there's all kinds of weird shit down it anyway for us the scary part isn't so much fudge road it's like the drive to get there 
And we found this one street and it starts with this really old bridge. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like once you, once you get over the bridge, you're not on like a road anymore. You're on like a dirt path. And so nobody's ever back there. So we always, you know, we used to drive around and do our drugs and whatever. And uh, the one night we're out there and we see a car parked in one of the cornfields. And like I said, with the, there's a man, he's like in the trunk for something, but there's the big tarp and then the shoes. And so we get off the road and um, we call the police and we're trying to explain to them the location, but we don't know how because the road doesn't have a name. It's just a dirt road. <laughs> so I don't know what ever happened. I don't know if they ever, you know, found the guy or, you know, what went wrong. But we just have always assumed ever since then that that guy's buried there now. So can I can I tell a similar story that kind of ties into uh, the proposed topic for this week's episode? So when I was it was uh, right after high school, uh, right after high school, it ended. And, you know, uh, how it was for me and my friends is most of my friends went away to college. I stayed in Chicago because I was going to film school here uh, in Columbia, downtown Chicago. So I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. And, um, most like the people that were left behind that didn't go away to school or that went to like local colleges or whatever, it was a weird mixed mash of people. And, um, one night I found myself hanging out with this group of guys that, uh, were really into off-roading. And one of the guys had like this big, like Dodge Ram truck with a lift kit, right? And we would go off-roading behind this like banquet hall um in our in our area, which like we live in you know, I, I grew up in the city. I grew up in Chicago. Right. But you know, you don't really have to go too far to find these little forest preserves or a couple square miles of wooded area. And we were kind of we found one of these areas and we would drive his truck back there and uh-huh drink a case of beer and smoke an eighth of weed and listen to the loop or classic rock or whatever. And then <laughs> sure. come barreling out at 1230 in the morning. And, and, you know, and we did this a couple of times and one night we're out there and I, you know, what hopped out of the truck to like kind of walk off and take a piss. And I come back and there's these two guys talking to my friends in the truck. Okay. And I kind of come up behind them from where I was coming out of the woods after peeing. And they're kind of startled a little bit. And they're like, well, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here? And they're like, how many of you guys are out here? And I'm like, you know, kind of getting a bad vibe from them. And I'm like, oh, we're just, you know, finishing up and we're headed back. And they're like, okay. And and we didn't talk for that long. And I'm not going to try to invent dialogue. But it was a very, like, just kind of, like, I could tell we surprised them. But it wasn't, you know, they the thing never didn't sit the thing didn't sit right with me the encounter but it was very kind of innocuous and you know so the guys kind of go off and i get back in the car i go to my friends like who the fuck were those guys and they're like i don't know man there's some dudes and i'm like some dudes i'm like we're in the middle of the forest (laughs) like we had to drive like your your fucking jacked up truck out here what dudes i'm like they don't have a dog with them like they're not walking a dog no, what are these? What are these? What are these? Obviously, through the woods. Yeah, I mean, one thing it was like two guys walking a dog. I'm like, were they blowing each other? And then were they growing <laughs> weed or something? Like, what was this about? And my friends are like, you know, why do you ask so many fucking questions? Like, don't worry about it, you know. And of course, I'm like, no, oh, this is you know, like, and I, you know, start to do the whole like, we get, we need to get out of here. I got a bad vibe. I got a bad vibe. <laughs> and um, eventually, we leave. Right. 
nothing happens. So like a couple of weeks later, you know, um, probably not even a couple of weeks, probably like the next week or a couple of days later, they're like, Hey, do you want to go back out off-roading? And I won't even lie and say that my like better instincts told me not to go. I might've just had something else to do that night, but I didn't go with them. Okay. And they end up, they ended up getting so drunk that they couldn't get the truck out of the forest, out of like the little, like the woods and stuff, right? Like it got stuck in some mud or something and they left it and they had to walk all the way back. Well, they go back the next day and the truck is completely stripped and destroyed. And they had probably left it for like six hours, right? They had, it probably got stuck at like midnight on their way back out. And then they came back at like six, seven the next morning and then boom, the whole thing is destroyed. And suddenly now they were like, well, who the fuck were those guys out there? Whoa. Those are probably the guys that destroyed my truck. And I'm like, yeah, they probably fucking were. And they're like, well, who were they? And I'm like, you know, I, I have no idea, you know. And um, we never really did figure it out. But it was – they were obviously out there for a reason. Um, sure. You know. Could they have been growing weed? We don't know. Could they have been Satanists or something? That's like a big, that's like a big um, kind of like local legend about where I live, like on the south side of Chicago. Okay. Is that because I'm not too far from Bachelor's Grove? Uh huh. And I, are you familiar with that? I don't know if stories of that have made its way out. I don't out. think, I mean, I don't think so. I haven't, heard, at least I don't, probably. I mean, if it's one of the, yeah, it's one of those forced, it's one of those old cemeteries <clears throat> that, there's a lot of photographic evidence of orbs and stuff like that. And it's probably like two miles away from like where I'm sitting right now. It's very close okay. to us. And um, also th- where I live, Archer Avenue kind of runs through. And that is, that's an old Indian trading trail that goes back like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. Where like Indians would like go to Lake Michigan and, and capture fucking beavers or whatever yeah, and yeah, yeah. walk through or whatever so like you know there there's some like there's some history to this area even you know having it be like a city like chicago and um all growing up you know and this might have just been a byproduct of me growing up in the 80s where um you know <laughs> satan there's kind of the satanic panic yeah the, yeah the satanic panic going on was a big thing <laughs> right. But I had an uncle that worked in a mom and pop camera store back when those were like a thing uh-huh. where people actually, you know, had to get their film developed. And he would tell us stories about the shit that he would develop, um, you know, people's like sex tapes and stuff and like whatever. But some of it was also the local suburban police departments, their surveillance footage of these occult groups out in the woods by us. And the, the different things that they would be doing and, you know, wh- you know, whether or not it was like highly organized or it was just some fucking drunken metalheads trying to be evil or something. Sure. Well, it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what the guy at the Mothman Museum tells me not to go. He it keeps insisting for me to not go out and, uh, you know, go walking around the TNT area because of specifically because of the satanic cults out there. <laughs> And I, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, I don't, you know, I haven't seen one yet. Um, but I mean, if if I, you know, acted like I wasn't a little cautious of it, I mean, I'd be lying. But the locals always say, like, if you're going to go out there, 
you need to make sure you put a note on your car for like the time and date that you left and like all these precautions. And I'm like, what's so scary about it? And I'm, we were, I kind of told the viewers about it the last episode, but, um, you know, Ivy actually went down with me to, uh, to West Virginia and, and another friend. And uh, we were looking on the satellite view. We were down there at the TNT area and we were looking at, at the satellite view and we noticed that there was like a house that had no top on it. At least it looked like a house had absolutely no top on it. And then uh, maybe a bunker that looked like it also didn't have the top on it. Well, I figured, well, hell that might be where the explosion happened. Let's go down there. Um, well, you couldn't get to it on one side of the road, but we saw like an actual road named on, on Google maps that we could get down. I'm like, cool, well, let's go down that way. Um, and you couldn't get to it. It was completely blocked off. Um, there was like three or four different ways to try to get down there. And we tried every one and, and you couldn't get down there, but there's a house that looks like it's from the satellite view. Looks like it's lived in there's cars and everything out outside of it. Well, it's more like a trailer. Um, so who knows? I mean, obviously they get in and out of the house somehow. So <laughs> there must be a way back there. Um, could just be private property. Um, could be a satanic cult that doesn't want anybody back there. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, another story about uh, kind of piggybacking off that, moving slowly into the, the UFO direction, which is what yeah. we're going to try to do today. Yeah. Um, so I had a friend that, uh, and this, this, is, this has always been a very, 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 very interesting story for me. Um, I had a friend that about maybe 15 years ago went missing. And, um, you know, he, uh, came home from work one night and, um, he lived with his parents. They had like a two bedroom condo or something comes home, says, you know, hi to the parents, you know, they're watching TV in the front room. He goes in his room and he, he showers or, or does whatever his post-work ritual. Right. And, uh, his parents go to bed and he goes, okay, I'm going to watch some TV in the front room and then, you know, go to bed. <clears throat> they get up in the middle of the night and they don't you know they pass by the front room and the tv's on but he's not there and they had just kind of assumed that he had fallen asleep on the couch and they just didn't see him because he was laying on the couch or whatever you know and they wake up the next morning and they see that he's gone and the tv's still on and his glasses are on the coffee table and they're like okay, that's odd. And they go outside, but his, his truck is there. So they're like, okay, well, he didn't go anywhere. Maybe someone came and picked him up. They're a little bit worried, but it's not anything just yet, right? Right. So uh, 24 hours goes by and, and no one hears from him and no one no one's seen him. And the Facebook posts go up and blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, the guy's nowhere to be seen. There was Facebook so, 15 years ago? myspace or whatever yeah there was facebook 15 years ago I'm, I'm pretty sure there was yeah because like social network i'm sure whatever anyway that, trust me that's not that's not the most unbelievable part of the story <laughs> okay. if you want to pick it apart later oh. but yeah myspace or fucking hot or not or whatever the fuck they went on so like uh anyway the social media posts go up you know uh have you seen this guy blah 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 and um let's just say that like that happened you know the dude disappears on a monday right so by wednesday they're starting to look for they're starting to like canvas the area they get the dogs involved they they have a dog come out and it's uh sniffs you know picks up his scent at the house and it goes down about two miles and goes to this forest preserve and then the dogs lose the scent right 
So there's train tracks that run through the forest preserve. So they're thinking, did this guy hop on a fucking train and go somewhere? Yeah. Did, did he fall asleep on the train tracks and was he hit? Yeah. Was any of this stuff happening, right? And they, they, there's no sign of him. They can't find anything. Um, you know, and, and the scent goes ba- basically into the middle of this like clearing and then just disappears, right? So, like, you know, everyone, people are saying UFOs. We're not saying it like to the police, but like amongst each other, like, oh, maybe he was taken by aliens. Because there's, there's no explanation. There's no note. Yeah. Everyone knew the dude. He was more or less happy go lucky. You know, he was a metalhead and he was in a metal band and shit like that. You know, so he really liked his band and he was into all that shit. And he, he had found his niche. You know what I mean? Okay. So. By Friday, they organize a search party to basically everyone line up shoulder to shoulder and march from one end of this forest preserve to the next, right? Okay. Because it's a forest preserve, but I mean, it's a forest preserve outside of Chicago. It's not that fucking big. Right. They go from one end to the next, and they find nothing. And then the next day, they go from the other end and back again. Nothing. Can't find this kid. No trace, right? Monday morning comes along. And a jogger finds his body on one of the trails with a shotgun blast to the head. <laughs> what? Okay. And, and the police rule it as a suicide. And what they what they say happened is this guy got up in the middle of the night, decided to kill himself, took a shotgun that he did not have a Foyd card to own. He had no way of legally owning it. Leaves his glasses at home, walks two miles in the middle of the dark, care in the middle of the night in the pitch black dark carrying the shotgun to this forest preserve where he blows his head off nobody finds the body for a week right and then it suddenly turns up monday morning on a jogger's path and the, right i mean obviously you know in an obvious area <laughs> and everyone was just like oh man that's tragic and once again i'm the kid in the back of the pickup truck like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this this isn't legit. And everyone's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But like, dude, what do you think happened? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I know that that's. Yeah, I'm like, I don't I don't know what happened. But that story sounds like bullshit, you know. But then it's like, let the parents, you know, like, I'm going to stand up at the dude's wake and be like, this he was murdered, you know. Um, But I know like his sister, like his parents, like (laughs) grieved. And set up, like, a memorial thing for him. And, like, his sister, who was, like, just a year or two older than us, she moved out of town. Like, she left. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, like, I'll see some people and, like, the, like the, you know, mutual friends or whatever. And it's not like every time I see one of these people, I bring it up. But sometimes it'll inevitably, if we're all together and drinking, that story will kind of come up. And it just always baffles me. Like, some people be like, yeah, you know, that I always thought that was weird right okay that but, is a but, very strange story did anybody know did anybody claim that he did in fact own this shotgun i mean i would start there i guess no and no one could really figure but they figured someone gave it to him and whoever gave it to him obviously was a friend and maybe didn't know what he was going to use it for and didn't want to admit to illegally giving him the shotgun in the first oh, place okay. which dude we don't hang out i'm the gun guy out of all my friends we don't hang out with gun people i am the fucking gun people <laughs> and i i didn't have a shotgun back then nor would i've given it to somebody but like we don't hang out with those kind of people there i i that that to me is that to me is very preposterous and anybody 
And I mean, I, I knew this dude for years and years and years. He was anybody that has glasses knows that when you need glasses, when you're dependent on glasses, you don't go anywhere without them, mm-hmm. and you don't get up and leave them there. That's true. And walk. That was always the weirdest thing to me was the glasses. That's what oh, that's what seemed to me like he left under very hinky circumstances. So what do you what what do you think happened? I think that either it was an internet hookup gone wrong. Okay. Not to sp- not not that necessarily that would be speaking disparagingly of him. Sure. But um, I think it, either it was something like that. I think that some kind of mind control or something that he was under he was being remote piloted that's why he would get up and walk like that i don't know exactly the science of like the dogs smelling him and like following his scent i don't know if he necessarily had to walk that distance for his scent to track that far or if he could have been in the car and the dogs followed the scent that way you know what i mean like i don't know the science behind like Mm -hmm. dogs and and police dogs and how they smell shit out um, I think the fact that they tr- that they were the dogs were able to track his scent to that location is very interesting. He would have. I mean, I can. I I know that much. True crime is is another passion of mine, and so in order for him to for the dogs to have followed that scent, um, they you know especially like if they if they tracked from the house to the reserve, he would have had to have walked it. Right. So if he wasn't like physically on the ground, if he was in a vehicle, it, it's moving too fast for for a dog to catch up on. But there are there are some flaws in cadaver dog science. Um, however, he was ultimately found in that reserve. So <laughs> right. I mean, obviously there's something there. Not to say that he hadn't been dumped. I mean, maybe if it was like a like you said, like a internet meeting gone wrong or something like that. You know, especially at that time, I, I was meeting people off off the internet around then. You know, a lot and. Um, oh yeah, you know it was kind of the you know it's it was started to be the thing to do at that time. Um, if somebody would have you know assumed that because they searched the area they could dump him there. Well, yeah, and if he had gotten in the car, and I think like I l- listen, I'm a very creative person. I could paint all kinds of really horrible scenarios of how that man spent his his last few hours right either in in terrible mental turmoil that resulted in him taking his own life him potentially being captured and or something like that where he what he didn't die on monday maybe he died on fucking thursday and they jumped they you know dumped the body i mean are you familiar with the smiley face killers at all i mean a little bit yeah so that's that's something where these people go missing, and then they they're the young men go missing, and then they're found in shallow bodies of water or right. adjacent to shallow bodies of water, and they've all been drowned, but they're not necessarily in water, and um, it usually look so the physical evidence tends to suggest that they were alive. They they haven't been dead that entire time. They were kept somewhere else, right? And, and then uh, eventually right. killed and dumped. You right. know what I mean? Right. So that that's kind of a horrific thing to consider is that this guy, you know, this person who was a friend of mine was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Subject to something like that. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like then you, when you start when you start dishing out those theories, it's like Jesus Christ, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's your buddy. Like, it's not that you're not supposed to sit here and like imagine these like you know sadistic, terrible scenarios for someone that you care about. That well, isn't it? Isn't it almost that you know kind of what? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, you cut out for a second. You said, "Isn't it almost?" Oh, I said it's. 
it's sadistic to kind of imagine these scenarios of of what could have happened but i feel like you know the alternative is to just think that okay he was that depressed and that miserable and that isolated and that alone that he committed suicide but who wants that to be the, rea- the reality of it you know but that's easier to wrap your head around that's true well what you were you know talking about I mean? was you know the possible um you know a possible abduction or um you know, something like that, which, you know, we, we've seen like cases of people going missing, um, where it's been played with the idea of whether or not it was something, uh, 40 in, you know, we were kind of uh-huh. actually, when we tried to record last night, we kind of, you know, just barely touched on the missing 411 thing, which I think has, that has to do with Bigfoot, I believe. Um, yeah. Bigfoot being ultra, ultra terrestrial right. and, uh, having to do with all these disappearances that happen along, um, in a lot of the state parks right uh, yeah i mean that's like the basis of it like i said i haven't i know there's like a whole documentary and there's books i haven't i haven't gotten that far yet um because there's a lot there's so much once once you you, you'd kind of have to pick a rabbit hole and go down it and right. see, and sometimes you end up you know inside of another rabbit hole in that one so it just depends and this is definitely going to be one of those so um but i don't know too much about it uh, but you know, speaking of things we didn't really know too much about, you said you had actually read more about the uh, the Navy disclosure. Is that right, or the Pentagon disclosure? Right. So what happened was um, we had t- we were talking about current events yesterday, uh, yeah. and uh, obviously the most uh, prominent current event in in when it comes to the paranormal is uh, the Pentagon disclosure. And really, what what had happened was, and we kind of went back and forth about um, how. It's not really as jarring as people make it out to be. So basically what happened was, it, it uh, of course, it all comes down to money. And there was a congressional hearing going over the Pentagon's budget. Right. And they were uh, talking about these programs that exist to investigate uh, anomalous aircraft, right? right? And more importantly, how they relate to some of these um, – some of these – UFO sightings happen over military installations or in regards to our military craft. Right. Right. And we, you know, we want to make sure that this isn't, you know, the China or something with some new technology that we're behind the curve on. Right. Right. And the, the people that invest that head up this uh, organization that's kind of researching these things went on record to say, uh, no, these are not terrestrial craft that are we're being outmaneuvered by that are that are interfering with our military installations. We believe these are crafts and we have seen debris from these crafts that suggest that they're from other planets. Right. So it's not it's not a, a secret military operation in, in Russia or China or anything like that that they're now worried about, which I guess is why they, you know, kind of ties into the um the Space Force and like funding a Space Force because you know, in, in military uh, speak, they could potentially be a threat to us and our military. Right. Well, and that's that's kind of what I was joking around about yesterday is that this is such a, you know, if this is, people say that this is disclosure, that this is, we're so close to disclosure now. And I guess kind of we are, but we are we are in a very unsexy way. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is definitely like the, the busted down, gritty, 
reimagining of what we what we thought UFO disclosure would be like in the nineties. Right. This is not this is not the UFO disclosure that X Files promised. Yeah. This is like the cable access version of it. It's where basically, <laughs> the, yeah, the government admits that like these crafts are real. We've been studying them for a while and we just don't know what they are. There's no secret treaties. It's not that abductions have been sanctioned and in, in return for like technology, cell phone technology or something like right. that. You know what I mean? This yeah. is very much like we have this shit. We don't know what it does and we don't know who these things, who these people are. Well, Which one thing that could be suggested with this, you mentioned like there's no treaties and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not necessarily true, Pat. It could be that we do have treaties and that's why our government's so concerned is because whoever we made treaties with back in the day is breaking that treaty. Well, right. That was so. I mean, if have you ever read "Behold the Pale Horse" by William Cooper Smith? I have not. William Cooper. So he had written a book that suggested that uh, Eisenhower had a treaty with the extraterrestrials back in the fifties, uh, and that the large scale abductions that. that that were coming the um, basically that it was all a trick that these that these creatures were not aliens; they were basically demons or something, and that. The abductions, a certain percentage were allowed, but there was supposed to be like a list that they would be able to be there that would be monitored or something, right? So the aliens would say, "Okay, we're going to abduct a thousand people a year. These are the thousand we're going to pick." The government signs off on it. Fine, do what you want to do. And then at some point, the government finds out that it's not a thousand; it's a hundred thousand, and they freak out and they, you know, uh, kill all of the entities that are. Uh, we have like kind of a relationship with that are living in some underground bunker in dulce new mexico and we you know we we there's a fight breaks out and boom, boom we kill them and now we're at the point where we have parts of their technology we know parts of their plan but we're no longer working together with them Which, that sounds absolutely fucking insane to me i mean it does sound insane <laughs> But I think I it's a know. good movie. It's a movie that I would watch. If it was a Netflix <laughs> I show, I would binge the shit out of it. This makes you sense with the timeline. So that kind of does make sense with the timeline of events that we have. And then, like I said, if the concern is not so much like whether these things exist, for one, I, you know, I don't really know anybody that doesn't believe in aliens, you know, so just in general. You know, I think pretty much everybody's on the same page that aliens exist. You know, the universe, multiverse, whatever is too big for it not to be. And, um, you know, but like for two, not that, you know, aliens exist, but the concern could be, again, that they have a treaty that was broken. Now, I do think it's a little insane to think that, like, you know, especially if the guy saying if that guy was saying that they were demons, like we can't fucking kill demons or humans. You know? <laughs> But, you know, not that every piece of the story is true, but some of that does make sense to kind of what we're dealing with now. And well, that's only if you only if you prescribe religious significance to the concept of them being demons, if you or if you just say, hey, look, like, think about it in terms of doom. Right. Like those things weren't really demons. Right. They were from different dimensions, right? And they came through because we were trying to teleport. Them. I, I love how I'm bringing this all back to doom. But like, <laughs> you know, the or like Event Horizon, right? Sure. It's not necessarily that they went to hell in the biblical sense. It's that they went to this uh, this dimension that was based on chaos or whatever, right. and that to our rational minds that felt like hell. And yeah. if if you if you take it a step further back and say that the that the Bible is actually influenced by these different concepts that then you could see that our, our 
perception of religion is already based on this multidimensional science. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it all kind of piggyback into each other. They're not really angels and demons. There's positive entities and negative entities from different dimensions, well, from different different parts of the hologram that are overlapping and we're, we kind of occupy the middle space of it. And that's kind of been what, kind of the idea that I've been playing with, with everything that I've been putting together is that, you know, what we perceive as God or gods or godlike or supernatural, it's not really. It's just that we don't have, we have no other way to logically explain it. So that's what we call it. And sure. um, they're just stronger than we are. But, you know, either way. Um, well, that's what, that's what we were talking about yesterday when we talked about the, the ufo narrative and how it changes how it's changed over the years is that you know originally when all this stuff kind of came into uh you know after the roswell crash you know they were aliens they were from outer space they were from another planet they got onto their rocket ship and they flew their rocket ship here and then their their rocket ship crashed right? right and then that's what the narrative was and then if you look at like the betty and barney hill incident and you look at some of the incidents that follow where people had communication with these beings right. and they're being shown star maps and they're being told that they're from specific constellations all of this stuff kind of married itself to the thought that these were beings from another planet mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and now we're at the point where our science realizes that there's no like just how we understand combustion and like actually like physics like no they didn't fly here from another planet that's fucking ridiculous that yeah. the, the fuel doesn't exist it would take entirely too long if they were that technologically advanced it's more than likely that there's some kind of teleportation going on where they're moving through dimensions right or they're moving through time right and if so now we see this like okay they're not extraterrestrial they're not from another planet they're ultra terrestrial and that's where the narrative kind of moved forward and that's where that's where i feel that it was last at before now it's like we don't know anything <laughs> we, <laughs> we you know what i mean like everything's been busted down yeah and uh we're back to like these are rocket ships again which i think is is fucking bullshit anyone that knows enough about science will tell you that so I feel like the narrative kind of changes with the culture at all times. And if you go back even further, it's, it's a matter, it's, it was magic. You know what I mean? These were fairies. These were leprechauns. These were, you know, angels that came down on fiery chariots and did whatever. So the, the, this explanation of these things from the outside that come in and visit us periodically, the narrative is always matched where our culture is at. And if, if we're a culture that believes in magic and spirituality, then that's how we describe it. If we're uh, a, a, a culture that's got our, you know, mindset on going to the moon mm-hmm. and rocket ships, then that's how we explain it. And now that we're more into metaphysics and like, you know, string theory and like, you know, different dimensions and stuff. Now that's how we're explaining it all over again. Right. And you you have to at least appreciate that the story keeps fucking changing and there's certain things about our current story that contradict things that we believed were true in the past well and that's like so one thing i had to accept when i started chasing the mothman and learned that it was not just about the mothman <laughs> was that um you know there's a good possibility that we as a species may not ever be able to know because we are so simple that we may not even have the possibility of knowing like we might I'd not- hate to believe that it would suck right well obviously <laughs> you know i'm still doing I don't like people I'm tell doing. me i'm stupid actually it is <laughs> it's possible <laughs> it's very possible that we right. just don't know you know if i tell you ten thousand years you have no idea what ten thousand years. year you don't know what that is you have no way to perceive that you can't 
And it's so it's a possibility, again, that we can't even perceive what these things are or, you know, we might have an idea. Um, but then, you know, like you said, it kind of all goes it all ends up going full circle. Um, one thing that I haven't really announced yet to everybody is that, um, fuck, I don't even think you know this, um, is that I have an interview coming up with Tanya Derenberger. That is Woody Derenberger's daughter. Woody Derenberger is the guy who has a lifelong relationship with injured cold. And Tanya can, says that she still maintains the relationship with injured cold and his family. Do you, are you familiar with injured cold? Was that the guy with the signals, with the flashlight signals or something? No, he just, he came down one day. Uh, Woody Derenberger was on his way home from work and he came down in his spaceship and talked to him. And, uh, and Derenberger claims that he then had a lifelong relationship with them, says that he's been to Indrid's uh, planet and they're very close and just all kinds of crazy shit. I never really gave this story much attention um, because, you know, I'd heard rumors that like Woody says that he like went to the planet at one point and like was impregnated there because male or females can be impregnated and he was impregnated and I, all kinds of crazy shit. And I'm just like, this is not okay. He's just crazy. Right. But, you know, since then I've kind of find out those rumors are false. It was actually kind of a joke that he had, he had kind of made up because he was already, everybody already thought he was nuts. So might as well go all the way. And then Tanya has since then, you know, he's dead his daughter has like carried his story and insists that um, that this is all real. And, and his, and her dad was really, I mean, he was really ostracized for this, you know? So it's like, if there isn't any truth to it, why would you then continue to carry on your dad's crazy story? Wouldn't you want to distance yourself from that? If not, if it's making you money, but it's not, <laughs> she lives in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And let me tell you, yeah, but you don't, you don't know what you, you don't look at the woman's taxes. And I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that I mean, makes any money at all lives in fucking Parkersburg. <laughs> or maybe she wants to believe her dad. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on this woman's story. I, I 100%. I'm not familiar enough with it. I, don't, I really don't know. But people people have all kinds of reasons for lying. People I mean, like sure, they do. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I have to go into everything with skepticism. However, she made up this, you know, not this story, but like she made an announcement in September of 2018, an official announcement that um, Indra Cold had died. And um, he had died in some uh, spaceship accident. And, but she maintains that he probably faked his own death. There's a whole story behind it. However, See, this is what I'm talking. <laughs> well, hold on. So, she, but she still talks to his, to, so injured cold and one of his sons died. He's got three sons. She still talks to two of his sons that frequently come and visit her. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need to build up a relationship with Tanya because if the sons are real, then the only way that I can get to them is to sit down and talk to her, you know, about it and get, a, you know, and, and then go to her, you know, Christmas dinner party. And, <laughs> right, you know, and so it's a possibility. But the point is, is that it's kind of come again, full circle back to the story that I gave absolutely no credibility to whatsoever to now i mean what choice do i have but to entertain the idea you know what choice do i have <laughs> oh i i would i would do the interview 100 percent, 100 percent. but i'd be fully prepared to talk to schizophrenic you know what i mean that, like you know, I, and i thought of that too because schizophrenia is genetic and so i'm like right. well that would make sense you know why it would it would go on through the family but um you know that's like i said i'm I, i'm excited to see you know where it goes and what it turns into she was more than happy to be a part of the documentary I know that she doesn't get a lot of immediate attention or anything like that. Nobody's ever heard of this woman. And so I'm like, okay. Um, but, you know, I tracked her down and, and we're going to do it hopefully after this um, 
pandemic, you know, eventually is over. But um, I do really want you to tell your story. So <laughs> this. Uh, Unfortunately, we're at the 55 minute mark. So we're going to have to come back next week. <laughs> yeah, because I want, I want people to hear it. It's it's fascinating because you're right. It is. We're going to get into other psychological stuff with that. So. Right. And, and I honestly, I got to take my dog to the groomer. Um, oh, I no. made an appointment days ago. But no, I mean, I. So, yeah, I definitely want to. Um, I definitely want to do this again because this was a good part one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything that you, before we get off here, is there anything that you want to push or anything like that? that you, want to get off you know, people always ask me this and I, I really don't. Uh, I, I think just the Twitter, I mean, on it, like I do, I do a lot of different random shit and at some point I always pimp it on my Twitter. So check me out on Twitter. It's frost 2112 Jack. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you follow Ashley on Twitter, so it'll be even easier to find. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, um, a friend of mine is, uh, producing a, uh, is she's putting together this movie called the people's Joker, where she's taking a bunch of footage from, um, all the different Joker incarnations and Batman incarnations of like all the different movies and the TV show and stuff like that. And, uh, she's editing, she's an editor for the Tim and Eric show. She's editing together a brand new story. Uh, and she's using like the deep fake technology. And um, I've read the script and it's awesome. And I'm shooting some stuff for it. I'm a producer on it. So uh, check that out. Vera Drew. Uh, she's on Twitter. Vera Drew, Vera Drew 22, the People's Joker movie. That's and, really um, cool, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, and, and, and the fact that, like, I'm like, you're going to get sued. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> Sometimes they do like that in this business. <laughs> what, are, what are they going to do? But I, I think one, one last thing and then, and then we'll kind of close it. I think, honestly with the you kind of said it best yourself with about uh you know everybody kind of believing in aliens at this point and with this recent like soft disclosure i think really if you're not you know if you were to ask me today what i honestly believe is going on <clears throat> i would say that i think that there's some kind of secret space program and I would say that I think that uh, a terrestrial secret space program, and I think that that's what a lot of these crafts are. These a lot of these anomalous sightings are, is byproducts of this secret space program. It's not um, something that we created or are right, creating. Oh. Right, and I think that I think that this UFO stuff is a false flag. I think I think it's bullshit. Is the point that I'm at now with it? But what I believe changes with the wind <laughs> just and like all those good investigators right new new information right. comes up or even old information and we're like well here we are again because <laughs> i i've i've followed the story and i've seen it i've seen it take many different the narrative take many different turns and where we're at now it's just like oh come the fuck on like, i remember the most outrageous thing in the world being in 2000 when like the second George Bush ran for president. And I was like, there's another one. I'm like, wasn't a Bush already president? How could they make another Bush president? Like, doesn't that seem like fucked up? Like he's not going to call his dad and ask what to do like that. And that was like the height of incredibility. It was like the fact yeah. that there was going to be another Bush in the white house. And like things have only gotten more insane since then. Oh my God. So, yeah. So yeah, th that's just kind of where I'm at with things right now. That's fair. That's all right. So, well, I'll throw you some more reading material and, and maybe you'll have a different opinion by this time next week. We'll see. Sure. <laughs> All right, then, Pat. Well, and uh, everybody else, we will be back um, 
next Wednesday for more weirdness. We'll see you then.